Welcome to the book study. I'm your host and instructional coach, Erica Warren, and I'm excited to learn together as we dissect some hot topics in education. Each season of the book study, we go chapter by chapter through a book, analyzing the author's perspective, the ideas pushed forward, and how these ideas operate in classrooms and schools. This season, we study A Search for Common Ground by Dr. Frederick Hess, a right-leaning blogger for Education Week, and Dr. Pedro Nuguera, a left-leaning education author and activist. This episode, we start with Chapter 2, The Purpose of Schooling. So let's dig in. Without getting too much into the rationale behind the format of the book, I need to share that the chapter is a series of letters that Nuguera and Hess penned to each other on the topic. The format allows each author to speak at length on the topic and respond thoughtfully. It also allows us as readers a level of transparency and authenticity. Noguera writes first. He outlines three functions of schools to set up his argument for the purposes. He writes, first, schools are critical to socialization and citizenship. In school, kids learn about race, gender, sexuality, and lots of other things that help to maintain the social order. He goes on. Second, we count on schools to sort our division of labor. Who will do what job? While some kids are being actively prepared for managerial and um, professional roles, others are prepared for menial labor. Finally, Noguera acknowledges the infrastructural function of schools in terms of child care and nutrition for children. Based on these three primary functions, Noguera concludes that the purposes of school then are to pass on knowledge and to produce new knowledge. In response, Hess suggests a modification to the second purpose. Rather than produce new knowledge now, we rely on schools to equip students to produce new knowledge eventually. Hess goes on to argue that Noguera's purposes outline the academic purposes of school but not the social purpose, socialization and citizenship. Both authors argue, however, that schools do not do socialization well. It is here that I want to point our discussion this episode. I think the question of purpose is an important and difficult one. To be honest, as a parent, I'm not really sending my own children to school for the academics. There are schools that do academics better than the one my kids attend. I'm also not sending them for socialization. There is much socialization that goes on in schools that is problematic and damaging. To Nogueira's point, some of the socialization leads to classifications that are difficult to traverse prior to schooling and that in many ways schools work to make even more difficult. I mostly rely on the childcare aspect of school. I use schools to help my children develop independence. And finally, I rely on schools for exposure. These may seem bleak, but I think it's important to acknowledge the thing that neither author acknowledges here that there may indeed be a higher moral purpose of schooling, but there is also a practical and maybe more cynical purpose from the perspective of parents who are often ignored in these larger questions of education and who may argue vehemently against some of the purposes and functions outlined by Hess and Noguera. Now, as an educator, I acknowledge that the practical purposes of school differ from the purposes I work toward And yet, perhaps my professional purposes are more aligned with my parental purposes than with either Noguera or Hess, until Hess finally makes the point about joy. Perhaps it is cynicism, but I don't see schools as very good at academics or socialization. I think the point that Noguera makes about sorting operates in such sordid ways so as to stifle the academic push out 
We judge some kids as unworthy of higher academics and actively create environments that curtail some students' contribu contributions and damage their identities. As a professional, I want us to work toward a greater purpose, but not one outlined here. I think the purpose of schooling is self-actualization as a contributing member of a community. Does that involve being and generating knowledge? Yes. Does it involve socialization? Yes. But it doesn't involve the sordid aims and outcomes we currently achieve. Those that uphold some cultural practices, some forms of knowledge, and some people above others. See, I fear we do in schools with students what we do in society with parents, and that is fail to acknowledge, appreciate, and make space for the diversity of lived experiences and perspectives. I believe the purpose of school is greater than either of these authors have suggested, but we must be more inclusive in who we invite to the con conversation if we are to truly understand one another. The last point I want to discuss is how purpose plays out in middle school. As someone who has worked in four schools across two states and under seven principals, I find middle schools often lack any meaningful organizing purpose. Not one leader I've worked with has been able to communicate a guiding purpose beyond high test scores which lacks value to me as a teacher and often to kids entirely. I often reflect on this lack of purpose as a catalyst for the chaos we often, um, that we often observe at the middle school level. Chaos that is thoroughly documented in decades of research. For example, Jacqueline Eccles questions, what are we doing to adolescents in her body of work? And I, as I observe and work in these schools, I think this lack of purpose is at the core of this question. What are we doing if we don't have a shared purpose beyond high test scores? That's all for today. This chapter offers a plethora of points to discuss and I hope you enjoy reading it as much as I did. If you have comments on what I've said here or on any other point in this chapter, join my online Twitter conversation using the hashtag, hashtag the book study. You can find me on Twitter at Miss Erica Reads. Have a good day.